Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Do I start Dalvin Cook tonight? And off goes to Dalvin, and he is loose! You're never going to be upset by starting your stuff. Dalvin gets into the end zone! Cynthia Freeland checked in. Okay. I wrote, dude, the same thing. Do you trust Cook tonight? Quote. The Rich Eisen Show. I don't. Oh, God, I hate fantasy football. <laughs> Today's guests, NFL analyst Ryan Clark, co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Smith, actor Clancy Brown, plus Minnesota Vikings running back Delvin Cook. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All righty, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live from Los Angeles, California. California on a very busy Friday, getting set for the rest of week 14 that began last night. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? Hey, hey, hey. Mike Del Tufo, good to see you, sir. Back in your spot. I'm glad that you've confirmed that you're here with your presence. Good to see you. (laughs) And good to see you, TJ Jefferson. Good to see you, sir. Hey, it's Friday, Rich. Let's do this. Let's do it. We have no choice, but we're thrilled to be here. We are thrilled to be here. And and those who watched yesterday, certainly in the third hour of the program, uh, I I, I, uh, placed front and center, which was a decision uh for many people uh in in my shoes um yesterday as somebody who had dalvin cook in fantasy and i understand this show deals with reality more than fantasy and we will get to that in a second but just to pay it all off in case anyone was wondering based on hearing our show whether you're listening to us on sirius xm 85 or uh rich eisen show terrestrial radio outfit odyssey or our podcast or watching us on peacock you know i was struggling i asked for expert advice from three uh, fantasy uh, mavens across our NFL feelings. media landscape. I know it hurt your feelings. You <laughs> said, hey, never hurts to start your fantasy stud. Uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook waking up Thursday morning, all of us were like, well, he's not going to be uh, playing because he's got uh, a, uh, a torn labrum, a shoulder injury, and then he's actually active. Uh, yes, I did, in fact, start Dalvin well, Cook, okay. which is why I'm here today, which is why I'm here today, because if I had not uh, started Dalvin Cook. I might, uh, I, 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 I might be in bed uh, in a field off. position right now with the, talking bad with about the you. shades drawn. Holy crap! I mean, Dalvin Cook Ooh. and the Vikings. I mean, Dalvin Cook waking up Thursday morning just like the rest of us, putting pant leg uh, on uh, one at a time. Uh, but uh, he's he's not like us, is he? <laughs> he is not Except like when he puts uh, his on, he runs a four one forty. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Dalvin Cook with a twenty seven rush, two hundred five wow. yard outing with two scores. 
And the first quarter of the game, first half of the game, every single time he touched it, he was getting multiple first downs with one carry. Yep. He was running through holes that I could not believe existed. <laughs> and and Justin Jefferson was finding seams that were so wide open, I was wondering if the Steelers had actually made the flight to Minnesota. Seriously. I could not believe what the Steelers' defense looked like early on in that game. Tragic. The fact that the, the Vikings didn't score a touchdown on their first drive, but instead had a missed field goal on their first drive, that was the outlier <laughs> on the evening, with the exception of the fact that this is the Minnesota Vikings, with all due respect. Because the Steelers, at one point, <laughs> shortly before halftime, had more penalty yards than total yards. Ben Roethlisberger had 66 yards passing in the first half. Najee Harris was erased. This was a 29-0 game. It's ugly. As the Vikings settled for two field goals to start the second half. This thing was over. I was wondering if Dalvin Cook would take the rest of the night off. The $10 bill guy, Alexander Madison, would come out and start running the rest of the night, certainly since Cook's shoulders, both of them are hurt. And then the comeback started. Because like I said, it's the Minnesota Vikings. Missed field goal, missed extra point, first half, didn't matter until it started to matter. And that's this last night's game was the Vikings season in a nutshell. Kirk Cousins looking great. Team looks great. Team looks like world beaters. As Mike Zimmer said after the game, first half we looked like we could beat anybody. Second half looks like anybody could beat us. That's the Vikings 2021 season. They've got a quarterback who can light it up and then throw it to the other team. They've got a running back who can light it up when healthy and a wide receiver in Justin Jefferson, who is so damn special. So damn special. With a name like that, he had to be, Rich. And they... (laughs) And and then and then they've got a guy in Harrison Smith who's so damn special too because the way that he knocked that ball out of Pat Fryermuth's hand in the end zone that was that was that, amazing that was unreal because on first blush at the end of the game when Fryermuth couldn't collect a ball that Big Ben darted in through the one inch window he could with three Vikings around the tight end favorite tight end target of Ben Roethlisberger hit Fryermuth right in the hands. I thought it was because of the hit that he took. Nope. It was not because of the hit that he took. It's because Harrison Smith punched the football out coming from behind. What an incredible all-pro play from the Golden Domer who wears purple now. That was it. Now, of course, Big Ben would have had to have gone for two and connected on that afterwards. He had some momentum, though. So... You know, what does it mean for the Vikings? I have no idea, man. I have no idea because they can finish up the season strong at 6-7. and seven. They're just a half game out of the wild card. San Francisco, which has already beaten them, goes to Cincinnati this week. And the Washington football team, which is a half game in front of them, goes to Dallas. We could have a four-way tie at 6-7. and seven. Or if the Panthers beat the Falcons, whoever wins that game, they're 6-7. and seven. If the Saints beat the Jets, which we expect, we could have, holy crap, we could have seven, six, and seven teams going into week 15 with four games to go. 
Anybody can make it at six and seven. You're in two in the wild card, five sniffing it. And and if the Seattle Seahawks win, you know, they could be five and eight. And two of those teams that I just mentioned are making the playoffs in the NFC. Why not the Vikings? Dalvin Cook will join us at the top of hour number three, fresh off of his 205-yard, 27-carry performance. And they needed every last one of those yards and scores at yeah. the very end because Big Ben looked terrific. Another aspect of the Steelers' season. One minute, they look washed. Next minute, they're lighting it up. One minute, T.J. Watt is sacking a quarterback. Next minute, he's on the sidelines in pajamas staring out at the field, lamenting the football gods that can't keep him healthy. One minute, Chase Claypool is making one-handed grabs and two-handed grabs down the sideline despite being interfered with. Maple Tron on the sideline making plays. Next minute, he's in the middle of a field with the clock ticking down. 38 seconds to go, giving first down symbols. <laughs> Come on, well, There's no timeouts left. What are you doing? Style points when yeah. actual points are required. Stat. Not the way to back up your 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 sense that your coach needs to play more music in order to get better for the team to play better. His first down symbol that he made with the time ticking down and the clock moving last night is the actual personification in a demonstration on the field of asking for more music during practice time. That's this that is that is the actual physical body movement of I want more music during practice time as opposed to focusing on the actual practicing. Nice. Instead of wondering, you know what's missing here is music. It's too silent here. As opposed to focusing on the practicing instead of the ambiance. Needing to focus on the actual movement of the football back to a line of scrimmage so it can be spiked or snapped immediately. Instead, he's focusing on the music, the ambiance, the style points, the I just made a first down. It's mind-boggling, but it's also the sign of uh, an immature, maturing, terrifically talented wide receiver. So you can't be surprised. It is it is in the same vein of saying to your coach, who is a whole business, lead pipe wielding professional, molder of men in Mike Tomlin saying, I need more music. <laughs> it's it's first down. And it's just like, let's move. And it costs them 14 seconds that we all know they needed at the end. Here was uh, Chase Claypool after the game. Chase, why celebrate the first down there late? It obviously cost your team a few seconds. Yeah, um, you know, definitely got to be better. Um, I got tackled near the hash, did my little first down point, and uh, went to hand the ball to the ref. He had just got there. Right. Um, so even if I got right up and looked for him, he just put it there. So he, he ran down the field to commit the ball. The ball got knocked out of my hands. That's what cost it this time. Um, but I definitely do have to be better. Uh, I knew the situation, and, you know, I know I'm near the hash, I know the ball's placed in the hash, but 
I got to be better and uh, the ball should get knocked in my hands. Should be. Yeah, I know there was a lot of excuse making around the I've got to be betters. Just take your cue from another number 11, Chase. Larry Fitzgerald always would find the football from a teammate. He would take it from the teammate and run it back directly to the snapping position and put it down ready for snap. Don't wait for the official. Official's not going to take it from you. Fast enough. Don't make the first down symbol. I would I would proffer to say he won't ever make that mistake. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> nor will he ask for music again, nor will he commit a, a, a silly penalty, I would imagine, like he did in the first quarter that caused him to be benched last night by Mike Tomlin. And now the Steelers are 6-6-1. Six, six and one. <sighs> They've got a tough schedule remaining, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's their problem as well. Because at sitting at 6-6-1, six, six and one, the Pittsburgh Steelers, now that they are done and sitting on a mini-buy, will watch the Ravens and Browns beat each other up and the Bengals face a stout team in the 49ers. So maybe, just maybe, two of the three will lose in front of them, right? And then now they come home and face the Tennessee Titans who are getting um, Julio Jones back. Then they're at the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they face the aforementioned Browns and Ravens themselves. Six, six, and one. What are you staring at? Eight, eight, one there? That's what you're staring at right there? Nine, seven, and one is your best that's, case scenario? I think that's right. best case. Nine, seven, and one might make the playoffs in the AFC. Entirely possible. Because you got three, seven, and five teams sniffing it. I mean, wild card, and then leading the sniffing it is the team that I think is really well positioned sitting on their bye week this week at seven and six of the Colts. With that tough defense and, I mean, Somebody who looks at Dalvin Cook's performance last night and goes, yeah, that could look familiar to me, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. I'm concerned about the Steelers. And and let's put it this way, too. Big Ben deserves better in terms of his football play uh, to end this career is. He's got four more games left in Pittsburgh. I know that the story is that he's telling people that he's out. <laughs> look, the contract screams he's out. That The contract that he signed, right, yeah. screams that he's out that this is it. I don't know what the Steelers are going to do at the quarterback spot moving forward. One half, they can't run it, can't throw it. Next half, Big Ben looks like it's, you know, 2011, 2008 all over again. They couldn't protect him either, though. That's the problem, too, hits. man. Yeah. They can't rush. They can't pressure it without scheming, certainly with T.J. Watt out, and they can't protect it. That's why Mike Tomlin called it a, J a JV performance on the line yeah. so we'll see how that settles into the Steelers locker room we'll talk about it with uh, a former Steeler spent eight years with the organization and now he's one of the more outspoken keen analysts in all of NFL media on ESPN from NFL live and so much more Ryan Clark's going to join us Ryan also uh, was uh, supposed to be in the secondary on January 8th 2012 for a Steelers playoff game until that Steelers playoff game wound up in the uh, thin Rocky Mountain air of Mile High Stadium, and he had a blood disorder that prevented him from playing in that playoff game that ended with Tim Tebow hitting Demarius Thomas for an 80-yard score to kick off that game in overtime. Demarius Thomas, the news broke during the game last night, is dead at the age of 33, and I cannot believe it. Yeah. 
So we'll talk about that with Ryan Clark, all coming up next. Michael Smith of Brother From Another, uh, whose show uh, is after ours on NBC Sports on Peacock every day. He'll be joining us in the middle of the next hour to talk about uh, the NFL season now hitting week 15. The Los Angeles Lakers have followed up their win at home where they looked as good as they've looked all season long against the Celtics on Tuesday night. They followed it up with a loss the next night in Sacramento. Um, and then, uh, my gosh, they lost to Memphis. Without, and without John Moran yeah. and Dylan Brooks. Yeah. And they're all back. I mean, you can't say Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Reason aren't, aren't playing, so that leaves us shorthanded when you've got LeBron, AD, Russ, and Melo. The excuses run thin fast for a Lakers team that is hurtling towards the Christmas Day quarter post poll of the NBA season traditionally as a mediocre, beatable, beat yourself in terms of the turnovers we saw last night, nine of them in the second quarter against the Memphis Grizzlies. Mediocre basketball team. That's what the Lakers are. And since you're not getting rid of any of the players that I just mentioned, that's why Frank Vogel may get got. Although the vote of confidence has arrived. We'll talk about that with Michael Smith. And then the actor Clancy Brown, who is in the uh, new Dexter reboot, Dexter New Blood. And fans of Shawshank Redemption and Lost and Billions, Bad Boys, Highlander, have seen Clancy Brown's work for years, and we've got a great uh, celebrity true or false for him when he shows up in studio in hour number three. Can't wait. Also, TJ's big ass grab bag. Hey-o. Also, a higher register that we've been uh, we've been sitting on. We've been cultivating that caper like the uh, Lufthansa heist. We haven't done it in a while. We know you've been waiting for it. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> but we gotta go higher register in order to say what we believe in the sports world. Let's take a break. We come back. Ryan Clark of ESPN will join us. Don't go anywhere. You can give us a call again at 844-204-RICH. Happy Friday, everybody, on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at The Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Dalvin Cook's going to join us at the top of hour number three, fresh Dal- off of his 205-yard rushing performance. Had I not started him in fantasy, truly, I would be a drooling mass ball rolled up in one sort of uh, fetal position and um, screaming for mommy. You know, I'm How many points did he end up getting you? 39 and change because we, uh, we have bonuses for 100 oh, and 200-yard rushing. Yeah. That's wow. 10 more points. Rich, oh, I'm telling great. you, it's just your time right great. now, bro. I'm not it's, saying it's that. Just, I can't say that. I'm probably going to miss the playoffs. Look, I'll I'm say it for you. You're on a roll Thank right you. now. Things are looking good. They're must, going your way. It's your time. Just accept this. I must be butter. It. I must be butter. Because you're on a roll. And thinking of and speaking of ESPN, <laughs> uh, this man joins us from that outfit. He's been uh, terrific on the air since he's decided to join the paparazzi after a long uh, 11-year career uh, that included eight years with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. You can watch him on NFL Live later on today on ESPN at 4 Eastern time. Ryan Clark joins us right here on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How are you, Ryan? Doing well, Rich. How are you? I am hanging in there, man. Uh, I'm I'm wondering what you thought of last night's Thursday night game and where this leaves the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, with only a handful of games left in this season. Yeah, I mean, it really puts them in a tough situation. You win a huge division game against the Baltimore Ravens, which gives you an opportunity to be in the wild card race. And really with the way the AFC North is going, if you can string together some wins, maybe an opportunity to contend to win the division. But you go to Minnesota, a team that just lost to the Detroit Lions, and you're physically dominated in the first half. And Coach Tomlin pointed to it after the game. He said, we were JV up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And you can't win football games that way. And then you look at your team, and in the second half, Big Ben Roethlisberger shows the heart of a champion. He fights to get this team back in the game. And then it's the immaturity. Um, Mm. It's the self-centeredness. It's the selfishness of a guy like Chase Claypool, who was more interested in getting the eyes on him because he got a first down. One, you're paid to get first down. And you don't have to celebrate every single one of them. You get a first down in a situation where we've seen guys like Larry Fitzgerald, who's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, sprint to the official, hand him the football, and line up in order to get his team another play. But it was more important to Chase Claypool that he have eyes on him, that he get to do what he said was my celebration instead of what the team needed. And then you get a huge play by Harrison Smith at the end of the game on Pat Fryermuth, and you don't have an extra play because of someone else's selfishness. I think that's a hard pill to swallow if you're another part of that team, if you're a coach or if you're one of those other 52 players uh, who will be dressed out. And so to me, when, when I look at that, I, I think that as an organization, this is what the Pittsburgh Steelers are now. You're a team that can't be physical, and you're a team that cares more about likes and more about getting social media views than you do actually winning football games. That is something else. And uh, the irony is that uh, Claypool and Larry Fitzgerald were <laughs> same number 11, and it's just, yeah, total, yeah. you know. Um, so let's just put a pin in that for a second and and kind of hit what you just said, not physical and, and, and liking, you know, needing more likes than actual uh, uh, plays on the field. Uh, that is so not Mike Tomlin. So how does something like this happen? 
in Pittsburgh, you know, Ryan. you know, I, I used to attribute it to you know the generations changing. Obviously, this is a part of of what life is, but I think it's all about leadership. When we were in Pittsburgh, we grew up with Coach Tomlin. Coach Tomlin was younger than some of the players on our team. You know, we had guys like James Ferrier. You had guys like uh, you know the Heinz Ward. You had true leaders in the locker room that Coach Tomlin could lean on to communicate the exact same message that he was giving in front of the rooms on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays to the locker room. I don't think you have that as much anymore. You know, when you lose guys like Marquise Pouncey, Ramon Foster, uh, Vince Williams, some of the dudes who were the holdovers from that other era. And, you know, this kind of started with the Facebook Live from Antonio Brown, and I don't want to harp on Antonio Brown or put any – other things or negativity on him, but you think you go from Antonio Brown being the leader in the wide receiver room. Then it goes to Juju Smith-Schuster, who obviously had the infamous TikTok, I guess I'll call it scandal, or TikToking on the the logo of other teams in the middle of the field. And then you have the Cincinnati Bengals game where Von Bell blows him up, and it eventually leads to him no longer doing that. And now you go to Chase Claypool, who, if you remember, after they lose to Cleveland and get blown out at home at Heinz Field in the playoffs, is on social media saying, but you're going to lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. See, the Pittsburgh Steelers of old, they did their own winning, right? They did their own beating, right? They rectified uh, their own their own challenges. But now this team will let Kansas City fix their problems or let Kansas City get their get back. I think it's just a totally different locker room than it used to be. And no matter what the message is in front of the room, Rich, if the players aren't buying into that, if the players aren't communicating and living that, then you don't see it on the grass. And I believe that's what's happening in Pittsburgh right now. And Coach Tomlin said it himself two weeks ago. I don't believe my message is resonating and getting through to these guys. And so either the guys have to change or the way the message is being delivered has to change. Ryan Clark here on the Rich Eisen Show. So you have had, as it was just established, uh, a front row seat to knucklehead behavior by wide receivers in, in Pittsburgh. How do you think Tomlin is – handling Chase Claypool, either already he did it last night or this morning. What do you think he's doing? Well, well, one thing Coach Tomlin always does, Rich, is after the game, there's a select few plays he picks to show the team. And those plays could be good or bad. It could be, you know, to show what someone is giving in order for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be good or, you know, the type of effort someone is playing with or the type of intelligence someone is playing with. And also those things – he shows negatively if you're not hustling, if you're not picking up blocks, if you're not tackling, whatever it is. And so Chase Claypool is going to be made example of this morning. He's going to be pointed out that, one, you don't do that from just an X's and O's football execution standpoint, standpoint, right? A football intelligence standpoint, right? You understand that you are fighting for every single second, rush the ball to the referee, to the official. And then even then, when Trey Turner is trying to get the football from him, he's upset. And after the game, instead of taking accountability and pointing at himself that, okay, it's me, he says someone took the ball from me and that's why we couldn't get it to the the official. No, you were celebrating. (laughs) And so I think Coach Tomlin will have an opportunity to present that to the whole team while presenting it to Chase Claypool. And sometimes you get a message to everyone through one person. And I think that's the way that this will be approached uh, with Chase Claypool in front of the team. But I'm pretty sure he also had a conversation with him after having to sit him on the sideline for a bonehead personal foul after a short first down catch in the first half. 
So, Ryan Clark, what is the plan, do you think, for uh, the quarterback spot in Pittsburgh? Uh, you, you know, our your colleague, my former colleague, our friend Adam Schefter, saying Big Ben's telling people this is his last year. I don't think that's any surprise. The contract screams that, obviously. His play right. sometimes does, too. You just mentioned the locker room's changed. He's got to be looking around saying what the hell's happened around here, too. So, put it all together. What, what is it? Like, putting Aaron Rodgers' uh, jersey on uh, Kevin Colbert's hope chest? I mean, what do you think it is, Ryan? I'm telling you, you know, if you, if you could get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, if you can get the assets together in order to do that, I think you do that right away. Uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're watching this Pittsburgh Steelers team play right now, though, is it a place you want to be? Nope. I think, you know, and no. I think when you look at Chase Claypool as a player, oh, you'd love to throw to him. Obviously, Deontay Johnson, to me, is a young Santonio Holmes. You'd love to throw to him. Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris. You know, you have skilled players, but you don't have anyone that blocks, right? Big Ben is under siege constantly. It's not necessarily an offense you want to be a part of. And so when I look at that team, I don't know what the next move is. Obviously, if Ben Roethlisberger is still the quarterback of this team right now, they don't feel like they have the answer in the locker room already or in the quarterback room already so is it draft one of these young guys can you hope that a Kenny Pickett falls to you is he mature enough to take over the reins leaving from being a Pitt Panther to being a Pittsburgh Steeler and so you have so much to truly weigh when it comes to making this decision Uh, if you can get a veteran I believe you do Uh, but I look at Pittsburgh as a team that never wants to rebuild if you start with a young quarterback I believe you do and so it'll be very interesting what GM Kevin Colbert decides to do once the offseason starts. So where do you place the Vikings in this grand scheme of the NFC where 6-7 and seven is right on the outside looking in of the playoffs? Worst 6-7 and seven team uh, in, in – uh, I mean, the best 6-7 and seven team in, in the business or most disappointing would-be 10-win team? In the business, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the, with the second one, Rich. I mean, matter of fact, look at last night, Rich. You know they're up 29 points, right? <laughs> this game, for all intents and purposes, should be essentially over. Uh, you have a running back who has to get Gatorade after every carry because that's how far he gets to run. You know, like <laughs> this dude, Dalvin Cook gets the ball, gets one carry, goes to the sideline because he just got 30 yards. And so, you know, you're looking at this game and you're saying, okay, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not competing. But the Minnesota Vikings have this incredible talent to make everything really, really hard, to allow teams to make every single game, no matter how well they're playing, a close game. And you just can't believe in this team down the stretch, whether it's Kirk Cousins throwing interceptions or would-be interceptions when you go back to the Green Bay Packers or Mike Zimmer not managing the clock, kickers not making the kicks that you need uh, to take lead. They find ways to lose football games, and no matter – if you're six and seven, if you're seven and six, whatever it is, your record is your record. This is a six and seven team, but it's disappointing because not because the roster says they should be ten wins, Rich, because they've been in position to actually have ten wins, and they found ways to lose those games. And that's the difference between championship teams and teams that don't make the playoffs at all. And right now, the Minnesota Vikings are a team that wouldn't make the playoffs at all, but absolutely should. Which team do you trust the most in the NFC? You know, we use the, that parlance in our business, trusting the most, where you're like, okay, uh, I, I think this is the team that's going to make it, even though you they know, might not be the top seed, or maybe the top seed is the team you trust the most. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's extremely hard, right? Because when I look at the resume of 2021, it's like, how can you deny the Arizona Cardinals? This is a team that wins two out of three games with Colt McCoy 
at quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins, a team that's improved so much defensively. Uh, they obviously have the most wins in the NFL, a young quarterback. That's amazing. But a lot of times trust comes from history, right? Trust is something that's earned. And when you look at a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the way that they're playing now offensively with Rob Gronkowski back, it's hard to not say that that's your favorite. It's hard to not see a team that now gets Carlton Davis back at corner, uh, Sean Murphy bunting back at corner, not seeing that team improve once Mike Edwards returns from his suspension. And so when you get you look down the stretch with the way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trending, very similar to what it was last year heading into the playoffs, I'd have to say as far as trust, I trust them more. The team I think has been the best team of 2021 is the Arizona Cardinals. What about the AFC? Sure looks like the football gods are winking at us with the Bucks looking like last year and the Patriots looking like Brady's first year there. You know, like that's... No, absolutely, Rich. I mean, I, about five weeks ago, uh, I was on Get Up in the morning and I was like, man, you know, I was doing my production meeting call and I thought mm-hmm. to myself, and it was a very, very solemn thought, Rich, that really saddened me because I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler. I'm so <laughs> tired of getting beat by the New England Patriots. I was like, man, the Patriots can go to the Super Bowl. And at the time, this team was nowhere near that. You know, this team was a team that, you know, wasn't even in the wild card position. And now they go on this run of consecutive wins. And then you beat the Buffalo Bills and you only throw the football three times. This is a team that's great on defense, a dominant run game and the greatest NFL coach that's ever lived, and a quarterback who understands his place and makes the plays he's asked to make. Right now, I think that's the top team in AFC, not just simply by record, but by actual play and film study. And the only thing that's ever going to cause you to pick against them in the playoffs is when number 15 from Kansas City comes around and that defense is still playing well, you'll say, hey, I'll take Pat over Mac." But right now, the New England Patriots, to me, are the front runner in the AFC. Last one for you, Ryan Clark. Uh, you were there on the day of January eighth, two thousand twelve, in Denver, Colorado. You were not playing because uh, of your blood condition, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Back in the day, I'm referring to yes. that playoff game where Tim Tebow found the now I can't believe I'm saying the words late Demarius Thomas yes. on the first ever snap of the new overtime rules. And that's how the uh, Broncos beat the Steelers that day. What is your recollection of Demarius Thomas? Um, one, if, if you, you never met him or talked to him, Rich, and he didn't have a smile on his face. Uh, where he wasn't bringing joy to, to those around him. And I think that's something that goes underrated by, about a lot of these, these men. Uh, also, too, if you look at all the things being posted of him, just so extremely active in the community. I think that was huge. But when you talk about a player, I mean, powerful, explosive, um, quick, great hands, strong. I mean, just truly everything that now when we get to the combine, we're looking for in that position. And I think for someone who was once so strong, uh, so athletic to be gone at 33, it truly makes you look at life and understand it for the fragile thing that it is. Um, obviously praying for all of his loved ones, for all of his family. Um, and I think he's going to be missed in ways that, you know, people aren't normally that play this game. It's not going to be about the plays he made, but the people that he's touched. And when you see the outpouring of love, not only from former teammates, but just from his peers in the NFL, it shows you what type of human Demarius Thomas, um, you know, was, and he'll truly be missed. Yeah, well said. And then his entire career, you want to talk about, 
pressure, right? I mean, we all talk about your colleague Tim Tebow being chosen in the first round of the draft that year. There was a first-round pick before that. It was Demarius Thomas, and he comes from the school where Calvin Johnson comes from, Mm -hmm. right? And he comes into the league, and everyone's wondering, is he really a first-round wide receiver? I mean, this is way before first-round wide receivers are the norm now, right? Now you see four, five, six of them, and you put them right in, and you expect them to start – getting thousand yard seasons right on the spot. And, and then, you know, obviously he catches that touchdown and then Tebow's gone. Here comes Peyton Manning, he catches his first pass, right? With a uh, mm-hmm. first reception that Manning ever had with a, with a Bronco wins the Super Bowl. I mean, it really is remarkable what he did do in Denver and how overlooked it is in the long run. Ryan. No, it truly, it, it truly is an, an all pro pro bowl player. Yeah. And I think people often forget what type of offense Georgia tech was. Georgia Tech ran the option. They did. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it wasn't like in, in watching Demarius Thomas, you got an opportunity to see what he truly could be mm-hmm. at a wide receiver. And I think that was more of the questions about him. And he answered those questions. Every question you had about him, he answered every single one of, of them with a resounding yes. And to, you know, but also for me to, to hear the way all of his teammates speak about him being a better person than he was player. If you can in any way, you know, measure that, that means that he was one heck of a dude. Well, Ryan, if uh, ESPN is still the same operation as when I was there, that means you're on the air in about another two minutes for something else yep. before you do something else after that, something else. So I appreciate yes, that, I appreciate that another something else was this show, and I, I'd love to do this more often. I really love watching you and uh, hearing what you have to say. Thank you. My man, have a great day. You bet. Right back at you. At RealClark25 on Twitter, you should follow Ryan Clark. I do. He's right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So again, Dalvin Cook is going to be on this show coming up at the top of hour number three. Uh, Also in studio will be the actor Clancy Brown, who uh, a member of our listening audience wants me to make sure I point out uh, the voice of Mr. Krabs of SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) That's right. right. Nothing we've got to ask him about. Lives in the pineapple under the sea. Yeah, that's the the place. That's the place. (laughs) Uh, you, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to um, come back. It's your show. We can do no, literally whatever that. you want. I mean, I, I mean, he's got a point there. I don't like to agree you know with him. I mean? like, like this uh, is the Rich Eisen oh Show. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to take a break. Sorry, and then, Rich Eisen. No, I've got to take a break. Uh, and then come back. I, I want to pay uh, this show's ultimate respects to Demaris Thomas. Because he's got quite a story. And it's not just football, but his story plus football equals something you need to hear about. That's coming up next. 844-204-RICH. Give us a call, too. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show uh, with our terrestrial radio family all back together. I could not have been more stunned, shocked, and depressed by the news last night that Demarius Thomas had passed away at the age of 33. There's so many questions as to why somebody so young would be found dead in his home in the state of Georgia, where he's from. And his 33 years on this planet, um, my gosh, what, what, a, what a time that he had here and a difficult upbringing. His father in the military, and so his mother was bringing him up. He spent a lot of time in his grandmother's trailer. And he... Um, also saw that something was up in his grandmother's trailer that didn't really add up. And what was happening in that trailer was crack cocaine being cooked and sold. And as an 11-year-old boy, cops break down the door of his home and put his mother in cuffs. And his grandmother was also put in jail. And... His mother was offered a plea deal in which she would only get four years as opposed to 20 if she would testify against her own mother, Demarius Thomas's grandmother. And she would not do that, so she went away and did hard time for a very long time. And the story is, you, if you may not know, Demarius Thomas would go to see his mother at three-minute increments because there were other kids there's only a certain amount of time that they got to see their mom through the glass. And he grew up angry at his mother for not taking the plea deal against her own mother. I mean, imagine that's the sort of way you're brought up in your living life. He's playing basketball as a prep sports star, but wound up playing football and went to Georgia Tech, where Calvin Johnson went to school. And he's playing wide receiver where Calvin Johnson went to school. And when he was at Georgia Tech, this is remarkable. I looked this up. When he was at Georgia Tech, the quarterback, Josh Nesbitt, had 117 more rushing attempts than passing attempts Mm. in Demarius Thomas's final season as a Georgia Tech football player. Nesbitt had... Averaged only 12 attempts per game. Imagine being a wide receiver, okay? When you're a quarterback, you know going into the game, on average, there's going to be a dozen footballs thrown at either you or your colleagues. That's it. A wide receiver trying to make his way into the NFL to try and make his life a better life and try and make his family's life a better life with the pat- the matriarch of the family and his own mom in prison. 
Nesbitt threw only 162 times in 2009 for 1,701 yards. File that number away. 162 times for 1,701 yards. Got it. Demarius Thomas's numbers that year were 46 catches for 1,154 yards and eight touchdowns. He averaged, again, on average, he knew going into the game there would be 12 opportunities for him and the rest of the receiving core to catch a football. He averaged, under those circumstances, 25.1 yards per catch. 28% of Nesbitt's completions went to number eight. And 68% of his passing yards went to Demaryius Thomas. And that's the way he put himself front and center for NFL scouts and talent evaluators to go and say, hey, I'm here. I know Des Bryant is, but I'm here. And sure enough, the Denver Broncos, with two first-round selections, took him 22nd overall in the 2010 NFL draft. And then three picks later, used their second first-round pick on a quarterback named Tim Tebow. And that was all the attention that was being put on the Broncos' first-round draft choice process. Not the kid who did what I just said at Georgia Tech after that upbringing. No, no. We're talking about Tim Tebow and why Tebow and what are you going to do with Tebow and how are you going to use it. And you also got for Tebow a wide receiver from a running school that runs an option. Like, this is the NFL. Like, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, McDaniels had a plan. That was Josh McDaniels' choice. And you know he wasn't around very long either. Then John Fox comes in. And sure enough, after all the injuries to Tebow... I mean, to the quarterback spot, it's Tebow's turn. Tebow gets his turn, and then comes the date of January 8th, 2012. A playoff game, wild card game in Denver, Colorado. Steelers are in there. Just talked about it with Ryan Clark. First game in playoff history under the new overtime rules that we now know about that if the first team that scores a touchdown wins, we don't have to worry about multiple possessions in overtime. That was a newfangled thing where a team couldn't just get the ball to start overtime, kick a field goal, and both teams had to touch it. A huge to-do was made about it. Huge to-do was made about it. What's it going to look like? Well, here comes a playoff game, and the guy who gets the ball first is Tebow, and one pass in to the new overtimers. One pass, one snap, first snap. First play. He finds Demarius Thomas, who goes 80 yards for the touchdown. First ever touchdown game-ending walk-off reception in NFL new playoff overtime rules history belongs to Demarius Thomas, who on the day had over 200 yards receiving. He's only one of eight to have over 200 yards receiving in postseason history. The guy who's right in front of him on that list is, you guessed it, Calvin Johnson. Peyton Manning comes in, as you know, Elway found, despite Tebow Time's hold on the Broncos organization and Denver's community writ large, felt it unsustainable and brings in a guy named Peyton Manning. His first touchdown pass is a Bronco caught by Demarius Thomas, 
who by all of these accounts is a better human than a football player. Anybody who's talking about Demarius Thomas today is talking about his love of people and the sport and leaving people with a smile and always having a smile on his face. His work in the community with kids, kids in need, just like him growing up. I shot a courtyard commercial with him in 2014 for the 2015 Super Bowl. Super Bowl 49. There he is, right next to me with Eric Decker. There we were for Courtyard by Marriott. And he couldn't have been cooler, nicer, more engaging, talking to people, even though he's kind of shy and reserved. He could not have been more awesome. Decker loved him, too. I mean, they were tight. Neither of them knowing one year later they were going to be Super Bowl champions for Super Bowl 50. 33 and gone. And President uh, Barack Obama commuted the sentence of his mom in 2015 and then his grandmother after that. And then his mom finally in 2016, 2016 got to see Demarius Thomas play a football game for the first time. So our condolences to the rest of Demarius Thomas's family, taken from us way too soon. Rest in peace, Demarius Thomas.